Welcome to Back in My Play Next Gen, a brand new series that's going to be going along with Back in My Play on the Thickcast Network, where we can talk about new games, current news, and discussions of the day. I've wanted to do this for a while because I do play games outside of my retro gaming platform, and I thought it would be fantastic to be able to talk to guests that have been coming on Back in My Play, get in some new voices as well, and have some feedback from you, the audience, to see what you think about current topics of the day and brand new games that are coming out. So this is going to be completely separate from Back in My Play. It's going to be something that will most likely be weekly or bi-weekly. I'm still trying to figure that out. And it won't affect the Back in My Play schedule because that gameplay time is usually separate from my current generation gameplay time, if that makes sense. So I hope you enjoy it. And you're going to see the first couple episodes in the Back of My Play feed. Then I'll make a separate feed. And I don't know, maybe I will kind of mix them together, but I'm still trying to figure all that stuff out as well. The key thing here is that Patreons will only still be supporting the main episodes of the Thickass. That's it. This is completely separate. Right now, it is just going to be, hey, let's talk about some games. I want to record it and let's share it with the audience. And if you see this pop up in your RSS feed or your podcast feed and you're like, I just want to wait for the next time they talk about old games. That's awesome. I love that. No problem. But if you're like, I got an extra hour, hour and a half to kill. I got to mow the lawn. I got to walk the dog. I got to go on this long drive. And you want to hear from myself or from other people talk about games that they're playing. Awesome. And even more so, if you feel like, yeah, I have an opportunity. I have the ability to now say, hey, this is the stuff I want to talk about. You got to email that stuff in at Kevin at backofmyplay.com. So I talked about this a little bit at the beginning as well, but the first topic that we'll have for this episode is PC gaming, because that's obviously a big topic. We've got new 10 series cards coming from NVIDIA, and I just built my own PC, so I thought it would be a great topic to start this series. Lots of great things going on, and don't forget, new episodes of Back of My Player are coming. We have a great series of Sega CD. Yes, yes, can you believe it? Sega CD is coming up, including a live stream of Snatcher. I think we're going to do Final Fight CD. I don't know. There's so many options. Of course, Night Trap. Of course, Sega CD. So many unique games on the Sega CD, but thank you so much uh, for (laughs) being patient. And I I know we're finally getting to Sega CD. And thank you to uh, listener Gabe for selling me a Sega CD. I talk about this a little bit at the end of the show as well. So I'm going to stop right now. Thank you so much for listening. Hope you enjoyed this current gen next gen I should say edition of back in my play let's get to it hello everyone and welcome to the first episode of back in my play next gen this is a show that I am putting together to really scratch the itch of talking about the current video games and trends in the industry because There's only so much of that that you can do on Back in My Play. Of course, my name is Kevin Larrabee, and joining me for the very first episode of this incredible journey is Muhammad Tahir of Brave Wave. Muhammad, how are you? Hi, Kevin. I'm fine. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Well, this is going to be this is going to be a fun talk, and, and people, you guys have probably heard him on multiple episodes of Back in My Play, including you know whether we're talking about Mega Man 4, whether it's you know deserving of the Mega Man franchise, I still think it's it's not bad, but maybe not one of the best of the 8-bit games out there. And, uh, of course, for all the awesome stuff that 
uh, you and Alex and the rest of the team do with Brave Wave really just making dreams come true with that incredible company? Uh, yeah, and um, recently we, we actually just just last week we released the Shovel Knight vinyl right. soundtrack, um, and it's an interesting release just because Street Fighter Two is, is is a retro soundtrack, really uh, just loved by everyone. Whereas Shovel Knight is a new game, and a lot of people ask us, you know, why are you including a new game in this uh, in this like generation series uh, brand of soundtracks and um, our, our reasoning is that um, Brave Wave is really more about uh, like promoting good music and not just retro music. And I think Shovel Knight has one of the all-time best chiptune soundtracks. Absolutely. And uh, maybe just a week from now, we will also be revealing um, uh, our third and fourth uh, generation series soundtracks which are really exciting and we've been working on them for almost a year now so yeah it's, it's really exciting I was saying if you guys haven't checked those out already of course uh, you know the the major uh, last release was uh, Street Fighter or that for should, should say generation series number one uh, when you guys launched was Street Fighter to an incredible multi-disc and vinyl release and you can still order the cd version uh via the brave wave store and you can pick that up and you can of course get it digitally as well if you're not patient you can just get it right now but don't forget if you get the disc version you also get the digital version with it it's a a beautiful future we live in where you can still get physical media and live the dream of digital content on demand as well I wish games did that. I mean, I understand why they don't, but I wish they did that. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I, well, they're they're yeah. Okay. Well, we'll we'll get into some of this stuff, but basically, like like I was saying, uh, first and foremost, this is going to be uh, what I'm planning on doing is maybe doing this like once every week, once every other week, just to talk about the games that I'm playing outside of retro games, because you know we we live in a world where there are a bunch of different ways you play current generation games and. Um, Sometimes I have the ability to to have a platform to talk about this stuff on like the Player One podcast or or other shows, but I, I really just like yeah, I want to talk about this stuff, and it doesn't always really fit into the the mold of back in my play. So I wanted to make sure that we had the the chance to, or I should say, selfishly, I had the chance to do it. And it seems like when I asked the audience on Twitter, like immediately there were like twenty five people that said yes, do it, like. It's free. Like the worst thing that you're going to do is you'll you'll get more stuff. And if you're like, yeah, I don't want to hear about Titanfall two, like, totally, I understand that. Like, uh, you know, wait for the 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 next back of my play original episode to come out. And uh, last thing I want to say, along with all that, is that none of this is affecting the Patreon whatsoever. This is not a Patreon funded episode. This is just extra stuff I want to do. And if you're like, yeah, I really think this is great. You always have the ability to become a Patreon of regular back in my play, or you know, if you find like you're doing one dollar per episode, do two dollars per episode, so you're funding this show as well. That whatever makes sense for you, I'm totally cool with. I just want to make that clear that this isn't taking out of back in my play time. It's not taking out of that schedule. Just sometimes I go through periods where I play new games. Where in the fall, where like a game, like eighteen games are coming out every single day. It's like mm. I want to talk about this stuff. So. Uh, Mohammed, I'm, I have you here because you know, along with all that, I uh, you are probably the person that I know personally most that that is into 
PC gaming and has become a a real spokesperson for for the the incredible <laughs> platform that it yeah. is. And uh, this, let's see, two days ago, I built a, a brand new PC, and I thought, hey, this would be a great topic to start this this show with because. It is we're we're at this point in the generation where these consoles are, you know, they're they're not showing their age. They're they're still really good with Xbox One and PlayStation Four, but uh, we're also seeing this weird little half step where we're getting PlayStation Four Pro in just under two weeks. Plus, we're getting what is going to be the the Xbox One Scorpio or Project Scorpio coming in two thousand. And, and 17, but there's also the option of the, the PC. And uh, what, what did you build your uh, PC? Was it like six months ago or something like that? Actually, no, it was just uh, in August, uh, like oh, maybe okay. two, almost almost three months ago. August feels like a long time ago. I don't know it why. Does, just, just because I played a lot of games in that period that, um, I mean, uh, I I can't remember what I really played this year aside from uh, the f- the new Fire Emblem games on, mm-hmm. on my 3DS, and I bought uh, some stuff on my PlayStation 4 and Wii U, but uh, I really haven't been gaming a lot this year, and I didn't know why except that I just don't feel like playing, and, and like just between me and myself, I thought, well, maybe... Maybe I'm just not in the mood for for uh, <clears throat> bigger games anymore, and maybe I'm just into those classic uh, games. Maybe something I'm familiar with, like Mega Man. Maybe just just other stuff. But in general, I I, I had this uh, idea of me not really having time to play games anymore. And mm. then um, one time when I was uh, working on Adobe Lightroom uh, on my Mac, I just noticed how just annoyingly slow and sluggish it is. And mm-hmm. I thought, well, maybe it's time for an upgrade. And I went to the Apple website, I looked at everything, and I just realized that, I mean, this the, the Mac Mini that I use is really a clean, beautiful, uh, almost like new machine. It's been with me for two years, but uh, you, you, you wouldn't know. Mm-hmm. But I had, <clears throat> one underperforming aspect, which is uh, the GPU and uh, apps like uh, Adobe Lightroom uh, benefit greatly from uh, a good GPU. So the idea of buying a new Mac device and just throwing the one that I have, just because in Kuwait we don't really have uh, a strong uh, like reselling market, like we don't have something mm-hmm. like eBay, it's really difficult to sell stuff. So I just felt bad about potentially throwing a really good device or, or just keeping it un- unused, which is right. kind of like throwing it. So I started looking at building a PC. And my rationale was I want to build <clears throat> a machine capable of um, running Lightroom in a really um, perfect way. And if I end up not really liking Windows, then that's fine because mm-hmm. I still have uh, my Mac Mini. <clears throat> Sorry. No, and I, I think like you, you, you and I were kind of like almost that. That was the same kind of thing that that happened with me. Is that I'm on a, I think it's a 2013 MacBook Pro, a 15 inch MacBook Pro, and for mm-hmm. for 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 me, for for my work, you know, I'm doing. Um, I live in Adobe Premiere Pro, and you know, I was running into so many issues that actually, like, 
reformatted my laptop. Like I was having crashes. I was having all these technical issues. I'm like, all right, I'm going to reformat the laptop. I reinstalled OS 10 and went in and hopefully thought that would fix some of the problems. And it looks like, you know, I'm just kind of running into uh, issues potentially with this with this hardware. I'm going to bring it into Apple uh, later next week to see what they can do. But um, I was in the market anyway for a, a, a new computer waiting to see. And, and we won't, I know, Mohammed, you and I could go and off on a tangent on this, but we, we won't go off uh, on it, I promise. The, uh, you know, I was waiting for, see what Apple was going to do with their new MacBook Pros. You know, like, you know, if they were going to be able to give me something that is a, oh, okay, that's an obvious upgrade. I'm going to go there. So I have a, a good portable machine. And unfortunately, what we saw is that, you know, or at least for me personally, it, it wasn't really the product that I was looking for. And, uh, you know, that made sense. All right. I love the the platform. I love a lot of applications that are exclusive to that platform. But uh, for for me, like I like I said, I live in Adobe Suite for the most part, and uh, most of the programs that they need are going to be multi platform. And I have found myself traveling a lot less now, and uh, I'm a little bit more situated at home. So, all right, well, at, th- at this point, for for my business, I, I can put together a, a decent PC for. I think my budget was fifteen hundred dollars. I'm like, all right, I'm going to shoot for fifteen hundred bucks, and we'll, we'll see what we can build with that. And I realized, okay, I can build like basically the best computer out there, more or less, outside of 4K gaming for uh, fifteen hundred bucks. <laughs> and uh, aside from that, I like, I just think it was real. Like, it's really fun to build PCs. Like, it's a really cool, like, like fun stress of like. I could totally like, this could totally break. Like I could it could get a bad motherboard shipped to me. I could have all this unknowns, but like when it works, like it is an incredible victory. Like I built this thing, it works, and I did it in one shot. I got that huge ass CPU cooler on in like five minutes. You know that that was like supposed to be the the hardest task in the world. And mm-hmm. also, the final thing was, you know, getting to see the the data from the latest NVIDIA. 10 series Pascal, I believe it's a, I believe it's Pascal um, architecture. Yeah. Um, yes. They're just, and you can get a lot of power for not a lot of of money. So I, I put it together and I, I thought about it for about a week. I looked, waited for prices to go down and then I, I pulled the trigger and, um, you know, eventually had all these parts shipped to my door via Amazon, Best Buy and B&H Photo and Video and uh, then, then got moving forward. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what, made the switch easier for me is that um, I think there's this uh, <clears throat> narrative that uh, uh, Apple machines are for uh, creatives and professionals and artists and mm-hmm. Windows machines are like like for, for everyone else and for gamers. But uh, when I started researching like um, uh, about light, Lightroom, like uh, how much does a good GPU um, increases its performance and what about uh, quad core and six cores and eight cores and all of that. And the more I started to read, the more I realized that, well, it's really, I mean, building a PC is amazing because you can just choose whatever suits you instead of um, choosing from a set of uh, limited options uh, that uh, like a company like Apple gives you. And this is not necessarily a bad thing. Uh, mm. I, I remember when I um, was talking to my friend Marco, uh, he's my friend and Brave Waves engineer, he told me that Basically, w- w- when you buy something like a MacBook, um, you're trading, uh, you know, the 
freedom and openness with a more controlled environment that right. is less error prone, uh, which means, for example, w- when you're bu- building a VC and you're choosing every single piece uh, individually just based on what you want, and there are chances that maybe you'll inc- encounter some errors. Uh, maybe, I mean, in my case, uh, just uh, last week, uh, my water cooler stopped working all of a sudden right. uh, I, uh, and I was just I wasn't, I wasn't gaming or anything I was just browsing and suddenly the fan was really noisy and uh, the CPU temperature went from 35 to 90 95 which was really scary but uh, I just called the shop told them about it and they replaced it for me and I mean I, I was annoyed at the time but the thing is I'm willing to trade in um, uh, the maybe maybe the more um a more secure platform for mm. this amazing freedom that I have because um, my original plan was I I will just use this uh, Windows machine for uh, the Adobe uh, apps and even if I don't like Windows then I still have my Mac and whenever, whenever I have to work on my photography I will just uh, turn on my Windows and I just realized that wow Windows 10 is really um, uh, a nice operating system, and mm-hmm. I didn't feel I really didn't feel any downgrade when when moving from uh, OS 10 to Windows 10. Uh, there are some obviously there are differences. There are apps that I rely on uh, on OS 10 that I had to uh, search for alternatives on Windows. But aside from that, I think we reached a point where, um, to me at least, all operating systems are kind of like the same. Uh, even when you go to something like Android and iOS, OS X and Windows, you just choose what makes sense uh, for you. So when I installed everything, I have Lightroom, I have Steam, and I played a couple of games, and I realized how just amazing it is to play mm-hmm. games like with uh, more than 60 frames per second. I have, my monitor supports uh, 144. Uh, uh, so playing... Even uh, a new game like Doom gives me between 100 to 160 frames uh, on the like highest max ultra settings, um, and it just really felt so good. And of course, you're running a game usually from an SSD, which is just a lot faster than the consoles. And uh, I just realized that I suddenly back into modern gaming again, which was totally. really exciting. Well, I think uh, you know, you know. Again, we'll we'll, we'll definitely uh, get into a little bit of. I should have you know tabled this a little bit better, but uh, you know, for this show, like we'll we'll definitely also get into. You know, here are some options that you're going to have if you're thinking about like, all right, well, this sounds kind of good. You know, maybe maybe I have, you know, seven hundred, a thousand, fifteen hundred dollars that I would like to put together, uh, put together a PC for. Um, well, we'll talk about some of those options and. Um, you know, again, I, th- I think for for us, like we we Mohammed, you and I both had our we had our uh, legit reasons, work reasons of why we put these things together. But the great things yeah. about uh, you know this hardware is that you know there's also the the ability to do some some pretty nice um, gaming along with it. And yep. like I, I've tried in the past to do some streaming uh, with with my MacBook Pro, and you know the, again that's where. The, the the Mac does not do so well is is with gaming and also with uh, that uh, platform um, it, it does not have a lot of great options uh, for that where the Windows is kind of the main platform for for game streaming and like 
I'm going to be playing through Snatcher on the Sega CD for the show. Like I want mm. to stream that whole thing, and uh, the Windows platform makes that uh, a lot easier uh, for me. So uh, let's let's talk a little bit uh, about builds, and um, maybe maybe the best place to kind of start is to do a, a quick rundown of of what we have in. Uh, Mom, but let's talk about your machine first, and then I'll kind of go through the the thought process that I had when I was trying trying to put together all my, uh, you know, picking out all my parts and stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay, so um, when I when I was looking at, uh, I mean, I had to read a lot of articles. Well, actually, I had just to watch a lot of YouTube videos, not mm. a lot of articles, just to understand, uh, you know, what uh, like what a CPU exactly does, like what is the benefit of quad-core and, and the difference between i5 and i7 and right. the same about GPU and all of that. I mean, just because I never had to do that before. So um, my goal with this was to build a machine that I wouldn't need to think about at all for at least four years. And uh, I wanted to basically future-proof myself. So uh, I my CPU is uh, the... Intel i7 6700K, and um, it's it's a Skylake processor. I think Intel has a newer one out now. Um, I didn't really care much for it. It's a quad core processor, and mm. uh, the K at the end of the name 6700K just means that you can overclock the CPU. So the I think the base speed is. Um, 4.0 and uh, usually CPUs uh, have just a, 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 like something built in called Turbo, where under uh, intense operations it goes up to like let's say uh, an extra 0.2 or 0.3. And with overclocking, you basically just increase your performance if you want to by 15 to 20 percent. So mm-hmm. um, the idea of of, of getting uh, a CPU that I can overclock is just because. Um, Maybe four years from now, when I have a game or an application, well, most probably a game that is uh, bottlenecking uh, me from the CPU, I can just overclock and get that extra performance. Mm-hmm. And uh, my GPU is the NVIDIA GTX 1080, and it is an overkill because uh, my screen is uh, uh, 1440p, uh, 2K. Uh, which means a GTX 1070 is probably just perfect for me. I, I don't really need higher, but then again, I went with the 1080 just because um, I wanted uh, uh, the you best got some buffer. You got some. You got some ceiling too, so that thing's gonna last you like four, four or five years, man. Yeah, and and my other reasoning is that since I have a monitor that can go beyond 60 frames, uh, right. mine goes to. Uh, 144. I thought, well, even when playing something uh, that isn't power hungry, I could still benefit from the uh, additional frames. And uh, my monitor also supports uh, an NVIDIA technology called G-Sync, which means mm-hmm. when the frame rate dips like from 100 to 80 or, or from an 80 to 60 or even from 60 to 40 or 45, mm. uh, it's barely noticeable. 
uh, just because uh, the monitor is changing the refresh rate alongside the, the, the frame rate of the game. Um, so, yeah, this is my reasoning for both the CPU and GPU. I wanted, uh, uh, it, it's a little bit extreme, but I wanted to future-proof myself and not have to think about this for as long as I can. <laughs> for sure. And uh, I have a 32 gigabyte RAM. And the, yeah. the, only, the only reason that I have 32 is because I usually have a lot of apps opened. Uh, I have uh, mm. Photoshop and Lightroom sometimes at the same time, even just like just idling, just doing nothing, but I just want them opened. And I have uh, a couple of uh, chat applications, different chat applications. Um, Chrome usually has something like 30 tabs. Um, uh, so it helps when... I want to play a game, I wouldn't need to close all of that just to be able to play the game without it actually stuttering or lagging or anything. So right, uh, right now when I play something like, let's say, Battlefield or uh, Mafia, when I look at the uh, like statistics on the screen, usually the RAM used is 18, sometimes 20, just because I have a lot of crap just opened uh, yeah it will, that, it will that, like that utilize what you have available so you know if you have up to like and again this is kind of the the cool thing about where we're at for operating systems too is that they're very smart in like you, you guys might remember or like this was me like eight ten years ago where there was used to be like programs called like ram freer where you would like you know use this thing to clear your ram so you could like free it all back up again because it would Stuff would kind of sit there that's not being used, but you know today operating systems are really good. It's like if you have 32, it's going to find a way to use 32 and make your performance better to a certain point. Or you know if you have 16, same deal, and if you have eight, same deal. So um, it's like I kind of scoffed when you said 32, but I'm like, yeah, you know, actually I have 16 in mind, but I'm probably going to bump it up to 32 like in a couple months when I see my RAM on sale again. Yeah, and. Uh Right now, I'm building a, a, a PC for my uh, older brother, and he just like he just wants to put it next to his TV, and it will only be a gaming machine. So, I uh, I told him to uh, pick 16 gigabyte, which is more than enough. You can you can probably get by with uh, eight, but I think uh, some of the newer games out there, like uh, the new Forza Horizon, uh, mm -hmm. I think the recommended RAM is. 12 so some of the newer games are starting to uh, climb up that ladder but if the if your machine is isn't necessarily going to be uh, like if you're not going to be opening a lot of apps and you uh, you you don't mind uh, closing um, some of the heavier ones when you start a game then 16 is just perfect it's more than enough right. uh, 32 is uh, once again 32 is a lot and it's unnecessary but it wasn't really expensive and uh, I had 16 gigabyte on my Mac Mini, so I wanted to just see uh, the difference in uh, in performance. And it basically just allows me to be lazy and and not not be penalized for it. Totally, I, I understand that as well. And we we live in a world today where you know back in the day where you'd have to go to. Like I think we, I used to always get like my RAM through Crucial because like you would need to know like all right, I got to make sure that I get the right RAM for my PC. Mm. And yeah, there are still going to be uh, possibilities where you get to match up your the right RAM with the right motherboard that you pick up. But there's mm -hmm. things like PC Part Picker. Like I just used on Amazon when I bought all my stuff. I said, all right, well, people that bought this motherboard bought this RAM. All right, that RAM probably works with my motherboard. I'm just gonna get that and. 
you know, 32 gigs of RAM, like right now you can get it for 160 bucks uh, for like good, this is the Corsair Vengeance LPX 32 gig, mm-hmm. uh, two 16 gigabyte uh, sticks for 164 bucks, which is, that's what I got, but I got the, you know, the, the 16 gig package, which is two mm-hmm. eight, eight gig sticks. And, um, you know, right now I'm not really feeling the, the ceiling, but as I go into more uh, 4K video, that, that, you know, it's nice to have that option in there. And it goes up to, I think my motherboard goes up to 64. So <laughs> you can mm. live in a world where you have 64 gigs of RAM, exactly. which is just ridiculous. It is. Um, I think one of the, um, maybe one of the most difficult things for people when they think about building a VC is that um, you go out there and you sample what's like, what's, what's uh, in the market and you see 10,000 different motherboards and a lot of CPUs and a lot of GPUs and it does get overwhelming pretty quick and mm-hmm. uh, what I discovered and, and of course just like you said there are uh, compatibility issues whereas if you pick uh, a specific motherboard then the CPU has to actually work with that and the GPU uh, because usually GPUs are really big so your GPU has to fit in your case and all of these issues so that could be a little bit overwhelming but uh, PC Bart Picker, just like you said, is a good site where as if you like pick some of your desired parts and um, there there are some incompatibility issues, it will tell you. And despite like the the, the, the huge pool of uh, available choices, what I what took me a lot of time to realize is that all these different motherboards simply just offer different ports and different um, features based right. on what you're looking for so for example the one that i have uh just has something like uh 10 usb3 ports uh it has a that's a ton <laughs> it is it is and i'm actually using seven or eight of them just because uh, i mean it's just easy to utilize when well, it's what we do machine. and it's also like you know again we we go back to the the like I, i'm we're not going to get into this i swear to god uh but when i looked at like i have through my company, through the Thickass Network, I have set aside about $2,500 for a new laptop because I know this is something that you know I need for my productivity. It's a business mm-hmm. expense. It's something that I need. And then when I got shown a laptop that was, for the range that I needed, twenty, uh, I think it was going to be $2,600 plus needing a bunch of extra stuff to like utilize the hardware that I have right now for audio recording for video editing purposes. Mm-hmm. Like it was like we we can't do that, but it is it is it's nice to be able to have a bunch of stuff plugged into the back of your you know desktop and just like think all right well I don't even need to think about it it's just there I go you know whatever it's controllers audio equipment video equipment webcams yeah. you're you're good to go yeah and and uh, that's something I really uh, like a lot because with the Mac Mini and the iMac that I had before that they only have four ports on the back USB ports on the back so if I wanted more i had to buy usb hubs and sometimes like they wouldn't have enough power even though i do buy the ones that like get plugged yeah, the into AC the adapters, yeah. yeah but but even then like sometimes one of them is faulty or whatever and it's just really annoying whereas now i just don't even have to think about it so this one has 10 usb ports it has a usb c board that i will probably never use uh it has uh extra features like for example there are new hard drives right now like this is kind of like the new generation of ssd which are mm-hmm. called m.2 drives they are really 
tiny, small, they're usually found in Ultrabooks uh, just because of their size. It's like higher-end laptop drive, too, for, for, exactly. for a lot and, of and they are extremely, extremely fast. So this motherboard does have one uh, M.2 uh, slot that you can just put, uh, um, you know, your, your uh, hard drive into. And this M.2 drives... Like there are faster ones called NVMe, and there are slower ones. So this one, I think, supports the newer, like the newer standard. So it's just mm-hmm. a lot of, a lot of different uh, features that every manufacturer has to decide which ones to implement in their boards. And this is why, for example, you can see Asus having something like ten different boards uh, for like for one specific family of totally. CPUs. And that's just because, okay, if you don't, if you don't care about these extra features, uh, then you can like get this uh, slightly cheaper one. And um, yeah, choice is definitely on your side with all this. Like I went with a gigabyte uh, branded motherboard and, you know, on the page on the Amazon page where you go and pick up this board, they basically have, it's a 20, it's a Z 170 X series and, or excuse me, a Z 170 series. And, you know, they have a, like multiple gaming versions, they have uh, ultra gaming. They have it's just like you said, Mohammed. It's just you got more ports. There's some that have eight RAM slots in them. There's versions yeah. of the board that are made for shuttle PCs, so they're really yeah. compact and and like they're basically there's two RAM slots, there's a video card slot, and that's it. And yeah. um, you know, I think the the cool thing about all this stuff is then that stuff we'll get into in a second is you're gonna have the ability to build something no matter what your budget and still be able to you know if you if you're thinking about in the $700 price range you're going to be able to do 1080p gaming and really like blow away anything else that's out there right now plus hey it's still a computer it's not just for games yeah uh, this is an important thing that um i think gamers um have to realize is that when you build a pc you're gonna be using it a lot for non-gaming stuff um i mean my pc just like my mac before it it's almost always on i i I just don't don't see the need to uh turn it off so Mm -hmm. usually i would just um uh you know come back from work and just sit and read and do all my work and then uh, i have Steam and Origin and all these different gaming uh, uh, apps open. So whenever I want to play a game, I can just click on the icon, launch a game, and it will launch right away. And um, uh, and it's it's an amazing experience with games. But even if like maybe maybe you go through a month or two where you're not gaming much, it's still uh, uh, an incredible machine that you're going to mm. be using probably every day by now. So um, it's it's that's what makes it. Um, Worth it because when you think about a thousand bucks and you compare it to something like like four hundred or three hundred with the consoles, um, it's important to realize that it's not just gonna be a, a gaming machine. But even then, like even even if you if you just want it to be a gaming machine, if you just wanna um, hook it up near your TV and you don't wanna use it for anything else, the jump and and Graphics fidelity and, and and the frame rate and everything is just so satisfying. Yeah, let's, and, oh sorry, good. And, and for me personally, I like strategy games like Civilization. And lately, I've been playing a cool game called Endless Space, and that's one genre that's really difficult to find on consoles. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, they're 
are a few companies that try to make uh, accessible uh, strategy games on uh, on the consoles, but that's one great genre that's only only available on PC, and even the the the, the like the PC boards uh, like Ma- Mafia or, or Doom or uh, uh, Wolfenstein, all of these games just look so much so much better that it's just really worth it from the very first game that you will uh, try. Yeah, I think I mean that will obviously be a decision that everyone will will be able to make. Some people and I, I I've been this person for a long time. It's like yeah, I just want a box that I put a disc in and it plays. Like it goes and it looks good enough. And um, it, you know, I think we had definitely for Last Father or a couple of games like especially like Fallout Four that just ran like absolute garbage on consoles, like unacceptable garbage. And yeah. uh, the the those are things that need to be. Uh, pointed out and it is a real bummer but then you also have games that come out uh whether it be something like doom on consoles like you mentioned uh you mentioned doom but you know the console versions are incredible and same thing with Titanfall yep. 2 yep. that just came out uh the console versions are locked at 60 they look fantastic they use yeah the the dynamic resolution stuff like uh halo 5 did again in a game that looked incredible on mm-hmm. on consoles and uncharted 4 you, you know there's still uh, the ability in these boxes if you squeeze in the right parts like you're going to be able to get the the quality out of it um but uh going forward i'm just gonna because i definitely want to talk about games in this too so i'm just going to do a quick rundown of my thoughts and i'd love to talk about this with you because we we actually talked about this on twitter a little bit back and forth but Mm -hmm. um like i said like i went into this with a 1500 dollar budget and um basically that got me the top of line not top line it's the what is the gold standard right now the i7 6700 uh, mm-hmm. K, which is the the current uh, Skylake version of the processor, and like really right now, the only benefits that you're going to get out of this are some certain hardware acceleration things, especially with KB Lake, which is coming, which has a lot of 4K special stuff in that chip uh, mm-hmm. and better integrated graphics. But uh, like you mentioned, like you could just go and step down to the i5, which there's also a quad core i5 version, but there yeah. are, there are special. Um, and I'm not all like read up on the technical differences, but for the video editing stuff that I do, like getting an extra 20 to 25% boost in export through Premiere, it's worth spending the extra $100 and getting the the i7 versus the i5 quad core, which um, runs you about $300 to $350. If you shop around, you can get it for about $300, bucks, uh, which is how I did it through Amazon. I think it was like $309 uh, mm-hmm. on, on sale on Amazon. And um, we already talked about RAM for, for SSD, and I'm going to leave the video card stuff last. Uh, for SSD, I actually went with a really mid-range uh, SSD, which was a SanDisk uh, 960 gigabyte uh, SSD, which is not, it's like their lower tier of SSD. It's not their high tier or their extreme, um, mm-hmm. but that allows me to get one terabyte of storage roughly for, I think it was $209. Uh, again, it was mm-hmm. on sale, so... Like that's for me that's the, an incredible that's, price. Yeah, it's, it's, it's I mean SSDs are, are getting really cheap, and uh, you know I could have for an extra hundred dollars bumped up to the little bit faster version. But like I even looked at videos of like comparisons of speed tests, like just to make sure. All right, am I going to see any real world stuff, especially with video? Like I shoot in four K now, and also I edit in four K. So you know the ability to move large file sizes and export would actually make a difference but um you know it looked like it was as fast as what i had in my current macbook pro which is still pretty good mm-hmm. and also with uh the comparisons like all right a 20 percent difference is not gonna maybe make 
as big a deal as if I just put that $100 instead towards the i7 instead of the SSD. And, you know, eventually when those get cheaper down the road, okay, maybe that will give me an upgrade path and I can just get a faster SSD uh, down the road. I don't have an M2 port on my my motherboard, but, uh, you know, there's still really good speeds that you can get from these uh, more standard laptop sized SSDs, which are really just a case for the the actual chips themselves. But um, still pretty good. SATA 3 is, is still pretty fast. Um, mm-hmm. And then I, I think the, the last thing before video cards was, was power supply. So power supply is something that, you know, going back to, I built a PC back in 2004 when I was in college to get ready for Half-Life 2. Like I sold my laptop. I'm like, all right, I'm going to buy all these parts. I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, be able to play Half-Life 2. And I went cheap on the power supply, a little bit too cheap. And like I ran into all these issues. Like, I don't, I don't why is my video card not working? Like, why is my computer not booting? It was because my video, excuse me, my, my power supply was uh, too low uh, voltage or wattage. So uh, wattage. So I went and I actually picked up. And if you, if you look at power supplies, like there is like the cost is not that different. If you jump from like you could, I could have easily gotten a, a, I probably could have been okay with a 550 watt power supply or even mm-hmm. uh, 650, but I went to 750 because I was like, all right, well, it's nice to have that extra overhead. You know, I might want to put, you know, maybe an extra like uh, hard drive, not SSD, but actual hard drive like in there for, for storage. It'll be good to power that. And who knows down the road, it's just to have that, it's good to have that extra, you know, ceiling and, Along with that, I looked at the price difference between 650 and 750 watt power supplies. The difference was 10 bucks. I'm like, I'll pay, I'll pay the extra 10 bucks and make sure I have that ceiling uh, for the future, which which made sense. And I think it was still it was like 80 dollars to to pick up that. Not a big deal. Um, yeah, and and it's important to just just realize that a power supply is the thing that's powering everything in your system. Like every little uh, uh, thing is hooked up to the power supply from right. the hard drive to the motherboard, like everything. So you don't want to go cheap. To, exactly. And um, you're right in that uh, I, I got a 750 uh, power supply. And uh, the only reason that I picked that is because I uh, have the GTX 1080, the i7-6700, and I might, like maybe down the road, I will do SLI. Maybe mm-hmm. I will have two GPUs, or maybe I won't. But maybe I will like have some extra stuff inside. So but That's a nice uh, cheap upgrade path for, for you if you don't want to go and get like the you know, ridiculous brand new uh, graphics card. You could just go SSL, SLI with your 1080s and you know get a gigantic like that's going to be like five years down the road where those 1080s are <laughs> yeah. going to be super cheap. Yeah, uh, I, I think if you put two 1080s, you can play 4K 60 FPS really easily. But I, I don't have uh, a 4K display, so I'm just uh, concerned about my 1440p screen. Right. But even then, the thing with the power supply is that it's really easy to change um, uh, whatever is in your PC, it's easy to change the GPU, RAM, but a power supply, just because everything is connected to it, when you want to swap it with a new one, it's just going to be really annoying because you're going to be disconnecting everything and then you're going to be trying to find a way to um, take that out from the bottom of your case and Mm -hmm. then putting a new one. Rewire all that stuff, yeah. Exactly. So, like, you just have to think, okay, what's... What's like, a do it right the first time. 
bad for you. Yep, exactly, exactly. J- 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 just just getting a little bit of an overhead is really useful in here. Uh, so you, so yeah, that was that was definitely my my thought process with that is. You know, a lot of this is just okay. Let's just make sure you know we could pay a little bit more and get it done right the first time. And there's lots of room for for expandability. And the cool thing about these power supplies compared to like you know even power supplies from four years ago. I mean, this is when they first started like really getting popular. Is that they're modular now? So you really just you have uh, connectors that are already pre. Uh, like pre-designated for your CPU, pre-designated for your motherboard, for your video cards, for your SATA drives, all that stuff is like, it is so easy to do uh, and and to put all this stuff together. So uh, then I had to figure out video cards. And when I looked at that i7, like again, I looked at Amazon and just for funsies, I was putting together this cart with all this stuff that was already suggested. And I was like, all right, well, people that got the i7 got the 1070. So of course, I'm going to just get the 1070. It seems like that was the card that, you know, the 1060 was getting a lot of love and the 1080 obviously getting a lot of love, but, you know, the 1070 was getting a lot of praise for being like a really good mid-tier graphics card coming in at, uh, mine was $410. So that gives you eight gigabytes of of video RAM, which isn't really a, a big deal. Like those numbers aren't meaning uh, so much, but uh, mm. with the EVGA cards, they, they start with them already overclocked, which I didn't want to, de- I don't want to deal with overclocking. I think that yep. might be something I'll get in down the road, but it's nice to have like, all right, we overclocked it. We tested it. We have tons of cooling in it. It's super duper silent and you'll, yep. you'll be fine. So um, I, I ended up ordering one of those through Amazon, but uh, my shipment got delayed and I was like, oh my God, like I ordered this like with two extra days like in advance to make sure like it would be here even more so on time. And for some reason, Amazon, like in America, sometimes they like will wait to ship stuff and they'll just still ship it like with overnight shipping, even though you get yeah. two day shipping for no reason. Like it must cost them way more, but they're just like, what actually will cost us less to not worry about this now. We'll ship someone yeah. else's stuff and then we'll just ship his next day and it'll be good. And eventually they didn't, uh, they didn't ship it on time. So like, well, I, God, I said, like, I have two hours or three hours of free time on Thursday to do this. I need to do this on Thursday because I want it for, you know, ready for that day. And it's like, screw it. So when I found out that that wasn't going to be here on Thursday, I I went on Best Buy and Best Buy had the same card for the same price. And uh, I was like, all right, I'm going to go pick it up. So I went, drove over to my Best Buy, picked it up there. And then on the shelf was also the 1060s. And I saw like the 1060s mm-hmm. were running $260 versus 410 So $150 difference. And I'm like, all right, well, maybe I can get away with a 1060. And worst case, I can return it to, to Best Buy. So I ended up picking up both just because I didn't want to have to make another trip that day. And mm-hmm. uh, put in the 1060 to start. Booted up Doom. Doom runs really, really well. Like it just is ridiculous watching that game at everything to the max at 60 frames per second with the Vulcan engine going. Like it is just that is just a a, a powerhouse of a of a video game engine. But um, Doom is crazily optimized. It's one of the best optimized games. And and ridiculous. I think we're lucky that we're playing it now because according to my friends, when it first came out, it really had a lot of, a lot of performance issues. But right now, you can play it at 4K um, with the Vulkan API, and it will just run beautifully. Uh, uh, on my 1080, even though I'm playing on 
2K, uh, it's uh, sometimes at some areas it, it hits its maximum frame limit, which is 200, um, and that's just amazing. If you have uh, if you have a screen capable of of uh, giving you all those uh, uh, frames, and uh, I think um, correct me if if I'm wrong, but I think when I when I first uh, looked at all these uh, GPU options, the 1060. 1070 and the 1080. Uh, what I understood is that if you're playing uh, like full HD, which is 1080p, uh, then the 1060 is just perfect right now. Uh, it plays all like all new games at uh, full HD, 60 frames, uh, no issues. Um, if you want a little bit future proofing, that 1070 is good for that, and the 1070 is also good for. Um, 2K gaming, which is what I'm doing, mm-hmm. and if you want to just go a little bit crazy, the 1080 is 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 slightly good for 4K. I say slightly just because if you have a just like a one 1080 card, you still won't be able to play uh, a lot of 4K games at 60 frames. Uh, so if you're playing at um, full HD 1080p. 1060 is probably the best option with 1070 being more future proof and you probably won't need to uh, change it for a few more years. Totally. And, uh, you know, just to run down these these options, you also have, excuse me, you have the option of the AMD cards, which they have like, a, mm-hmm. they have really good inexpensive video cards right now that compete very well with the 1060 and the 1050 in those price ranges, even the 1070. Uh, but the 1080 is like really, it's like the card that if you have the money, like that's the card that you're going to go to and the the value that you get out of that and the longevity you're going to get out of that is, is somewhat insane. So, uh, Right now, the 1050s run for about $100. Those are coming out right now. Uh, the 1060s run roughly about $260 to $300. You can get special, like the one that I actually picked up from Best Buy that they were, oddly enough, they decided to price match with a worse version of the card online. I was very happy that they did that. Um, <laughs> but like they have super clock, super, super clock. They have like all these optimized, like overclocked versions of the cards, like mm-hmm. special, like fans, special cooling, all that stuff. And, you know, really they're still. Like the the architecture is more or less the architecture with certain amounts of overclocking that they do on the the manufacturer level before it gets to you, and same thing with the 1070. Those are going to run about 400 to 450, and the 1080s are going to be about 650 to 700. And now again, you can get different you know cooling like ultra quiet, ultra cl- uh, overclocked already, and they have uh, mm-hmm. already built in heat sinks and coolings to make sure that those are going to be super stable. You can just put it in, set it, and forget it, and you'll be good to go. So, um, like I said, I put in the 1060 and was really blown away by how everything looked and even put in you know, a couple other games and, and tried Fallout 4, tried Just Cause 3, games that I already had, and made sure, even taking a step back, like you, you mentioned, I, I don't, we could talk about this for an hour, but like Doom itself, like I already played through that on the PlayStation or Xbox One, which, you know, was an incredible experience. And then I spent like three hours playing it after I like had my computer up and running because I just couldn't yeah. stop playing it. It was, it's not even just because it looks good. It's just that good of a game that you're going to want to yep. continue to, to play it. Uh, and it just, it does look really good. So I, I had that 1060 and it was working really well. Then I picked up Titanfall two yesterday on, on the morning of launch. And, uh, I was having some issues with it oddly enough. And this is one of the, uh, 
you know, admitted downsides of gaming on a PC is that for some reason, when I ran at 1080, the game ran at crap, uh, like ran really bad, like at 22 frames per second, no matter what I did to the settings. Like if it was at running at 1080, it ran really poorly. When I bumped it up to 4K, even on that 1060, it ran significantly better. Like it wanted yeah. to run at the native resolution of my monitor. It didn't want to do anything but 4K, which was really weird because obviously, you know, I ran Doom at 1080 with all the settings all the way up and I was getting like 100 frames per second. But, yep. you know, Titanfall 2, for some reason, it wanted to run at my uh, monitor's native resolution, which, you know, we don't know for sure, but it will probably be fixed in an update, whether it be on EA's end or yeah, yeah. on, the, sure. you know, GeForce's end. Either way, like or I should say NVIDIA's end. Um they will fix that. And even on like the day of launch, like we're, again, Muhammad and I were kind of going through DMs on Twitter and, you know, immediately the the day of launch, NVIDIA launched new drivers for the car that are specially to, to have the, um, the GeForce Experience app, which uh, after I applied those settings, Titanfall 2 ran way better, but still for some reason it wanted to run it uh, not 4K this time, but it wanted to run at 1440 instead of 1080. If I tried to bump down the resolution, same settings to 1080, actually got worse performance, which was really mm. weird, but I mm. I made sure like I wanted to, to tr- tr- try out a bunch of cards. And anyways, I had that 1070, so I, I was like, all right, well, it's there. Like I can just, ret- I'm going to return one of these either way. I might as well see like, all right, what's the 1070 really going to give me for the next 150 bucks? And one of the things is peace of mind. It's definitely not going to help me on the video editing side of things. Like it will give me like a 5% increase in CUDA core performance exporting on Premiere. If you know it, even know what that is. Um, mm-hmm. But for gaming, like I kind of looked at it as, all right, for 150 bucks, you know, I could get something that is going to last me a little bit longer. It's going to just make things, it will allow me to almost be super lazy so that I don't need to look at settings. It's just going to work. And uh, that's what you got with 1070, even more so with the 1080. Uh, but for, for 400 bucks, I just figured, all right, well, put in the 1070, try it. And obviously, huge performance uh, increases. And it might have even been a problem with that 1060 card that I had because then I tried messing around with the 1070 card and everything worked fine. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know if it was the extra power of that 1070, even though it wasn't optimized for 1080 or whatever, whatever was going on. Yeah. The 1070 yeah. is like, all right, well, no, we got it. And now everything looks super awesome. And everything runs at, it's like Titanfall 2 is running at 60 and it's good to go. And everyone's happy. I don't know. Yeah. And and one cool thing about, uh, like, if you have uh, a more powerful GPU that, uh, for example, if you have a 1070 and you're just gaming on uh, full HD, 1080p, it's true that it's overkill right now. On your uh, on your machine, just because you're still like getting above 100 frames. But what you can do is uh, you can do something called super sampling, which is basically the game uh, runs at a higher resolution and then scales down to your uh, actual monitor resolution, which right. means um, it, it 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 basically gives you uh, really nice anti-aliasing. So uh, in addition to all the aliasing options that you have uh, uh, and the video options for your game, when you do this uh, resolution scale or super sampling thing through the uh, GeForce Experience app, it will basically run 
the game at a much higher resolution just because your car can handle it without issues and it will still run at uh, above 60 frames but it will look a little bit nicer and that's something really uh, nice about uh, uh, just having a more powerful GPU even if your resolution doesn't really benefit from it and that you can just go a little bit crazy with these things. Absolutely. And I, and I was thinking about, uh, you know, giving you guys some bills that you could put together for, you know, your certain budgets, but there are actually already really good YouTube videos on like in mm-hmm. very recent stuff, like, Hey, here's a really good, and actually gamespot.com just did an awesome, uh, and they're using the same case. Like I have a $60 super cheap Corsair case. Like it's just mm-hmm. black. It looks like nothing. It looks like a black box with no stupid LED stuff on it, which is mm-hmm. exactly what I wanted. And, um, I would go check out GameSpot.com and just type in like GameSpot, $700 PC, $500 PC, and $1,000 PC. And they put together uh, a bunch of PCs. So they actually tell you exact hardware to get and it keeps it simple. And um, the, the last thing I wanted to say on this is uh, luckily I built a PC last year at, at about this time. So I already kind of went through like, all right, what what is it like to build a computer today? But it literally took me like I live streamed it. It took me about two hours to build the the computer in total, which was I ran into no problems. The the hardest thing is putting on that Coolmaster uh two twelve CPU cooler, which is like the gold standard for these processors with a gigantic, you know, fan to make sure it stays super quiet. And even like the you know, I just found out when I bought this thing they, they don't even include the stock fans anymore with a lot of the Intel CPUs. Like normally they have a stock fan, which is fine. It works great if you're not going to overclock, but it's smaller. So it's a little bit louder, bigger the fan, quieter it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so oddly enough, the, the loudest thing on my PC is my power supply. Uh, the fan of my power supply is the only thing that really makes noise, um, which I guess you can't get around, but not a big deal. But uh, yeah, go, go and check out those sites. And if you're interested in doing this stuff, it's, Really, as simple as just making sure that you're patient. If you are going to use one of those uh, second market or aftermarket coolers, just watch a couple of YouTube videos on how to do it. Don't the instructions that they come with are usually terrible? And mm-hmm. be patient. Just hang out, put on some good music, you know, have some fun, and don't rush through it. Just make sure you use your proper precautions. Like make sure you don't, you know, don't run through your carpet with socks on, and then you know, throw your motherboard against the wall. Like you'll yeah. be fine. Yeah. Um, one thing I did is uh, uh, in Kuwait, I usually, if I want to order a lot of uh, stuff, I would use Amazon. And then I have uh, like a, a forwarding service, which just collects all my Amazon shipments and then sends them to me mm-hmm. in Kuwait. But I found a good place here that um, I can just pick all my uh, parts and they will even tell me if I'm like uh, actually they won't allow me to pick for example a cbu if i pick this uh, a certain motherboard so they mm-hmm. have this compatibility thing on their website and once i uh, choose everything uh, and pay for the machine they will just assemble it test it install windows and do all of that and just send it for me and i think i think most countries have something like that where if you Absolutely. not comfortable with building it yourselves even though it's really not hard with with uh, tons of youtube videos out there but even if you're a little bit uh, uh self-conscious about that you can uh have uh someone uh just build it for you and they will uh send it 
to. And what I ended up doing is I went that route. But then when I wanted to install, for example, the M.2 SSD, and when I also installed the fan controller, I just like uh, opened uh, the, the case myself and I just had to learn how to plug everything and it was really easy and um, um, I, I kind of wish that I built the PC myself just because uh, I mean it, it would be an amazing experience to know how to do it instead of just watching YouTube and thinking that I could do it but um, yeah even even if, if like if, if you're only worried about that there are places that could uh, uh, help you with it. Absolutely. And there's, there's options on online. You can even go to Dell and, and do all this stuff. But I, this is, this is for me personally, like I, I think, uh, it's all, it's, it's like a lot of fun. It's a really cool thing. And it's like, mm-hmm. again, you put all this mm-hmm. thing, put all this stuff together and you're like, all right, when I flip the switch, is it going to post? Am I going to get to see my motherboard, you know, logo on there? And that's like a gigantic fun victory. And, this is another thing that we I think we were talking about on Twitter is like that's something that you kind of get through PCs. It's like there's really high highs and really low lows. Like sometimes you're yeah. just gonna find stuff that's like like broken and like Windows isn't gonna like do what you want it to do. And yep. um and then sometimes you're gonna be like, Oh my god, like it totally worked. I put all this stuff together and it and it worked and everything is running perfectly and all these options are super cheap and the you know, everything is great. Um mm-hmm. but that's stuff that you need to consider for yourself personally. If you want to watch the video, you can go to youtube.com slash fitcast network and you can just hang out for two hours as I watched the app. I actually watched the Apple press conference while I was putting that together. I'm like, mm. what are you guys doing? Stop. No, no, don't <laughs> stop. But come on, it doesn't need to be thinner. It's okay. No, stop. Yeah. All right. But um yeah. let's 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 talk a little bit about uh games uh first by talking about you know where to to pick up games because it is no longer, we don't live in the world where it's just, um, you know, it's not just Steam. Like you can have uh, great deals at EA's uh, online store, which is Origin, which uh, is, is actually not that bad. It's what you need to get if you're going to play their games like Titanfall and Battlefield 1. Um, Ubisoft has their version with Uplay, but the cool thing about Uplay uh, this year, since they're celebrating the anniversary of Ubisoft, is that you can actually get... Uh, free games every single month. I think right now it's Beyond Good and Evil. There's also uh, Good Old Games GOG, which has uh, all their games are, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? They are... Um, Retro BC games? Uh, no, they're they're actually, they have, they're copy protection free. So you can actually download... Ah, yes, yes. Uh, yes. There's a word for that. Why can't I think of it? Uh, DRM. DRM free. Yeah, DRM free. Oh my God. Uh, so you can, Good Old Games is great. Uh, there's also Amazon and Amazon sells. Amazon and Best Buy, I wanted to mention just because, again, for, for us here in the States, like Amazon for Prime members, you can actually get discounts on games uh, for pre order or within two weeks of after release. And that is uh, 20% off. And Amazon actually sells, this is kind of weird going back and taking a look, but for PC games, they actually just sell boxes with a code in it. <laughs> so you can mm-hmm. you can get a you know boxed retail version, get your 20% off and just have a code sent you on release day, which is kind of kind of weird, but it's nice to, to still take advantage of those 20% off. Same thing with Best Buy, and that's mm-hmm. uh, if you're a part of their gamer club unlocked. 
And also there's websites like CD keys, which are a little bit more sketchy and you kind of have to make that decision if you want to use them or not, which uh, sometimes have keys from other territories, but they will work worldwide. So you could like, that's how I got Titanfall 2 is I actually bought Titanfall 2 through them for like, I think it was like $41, which obviously is a lot less than $60 and just applied that to my origin account and downloaded Titanfall 2 no problem. And um, this is a game that I wanted to talk to you uh, today, but I eventually just got it because CD Keys had a key for good old good old games or GOG for Witcher Three for thirteen dollars. So, um, mm-hmm. like that's it's a gray area, but you're still paying for the game and you're still getting a legit key. But they're getting it from other areas and the company's still getting money. But um, you know, it's just good to know that there are a bunch of different places to get these games. And the worst thing that you need to do is like you might need to install you know Origin which isn't that bad. You might need to install Uplay, which isn't that bad to to play some of these games. Um, it's not the end of the world, but you, you do have options out there. Yeah, Steam is maybe the most convenient. For but sure. But the best thing about all these services is that, um, I mean, I, I had a gaming laptop in 2011 when, when Skyrim came out. Um, I remember I bought a gaming laptop because Skyrim was really awful with its loading on the Xbox 360, where sometimes it would take more than a minute, whereas on uh, on an SSD, it would just take something like five seconds. Um, so uh, at the time, I, I bought a few games from Steam. I bought a few games from uh, good old games from Origin. And then I just uh, stopped gaming on the laptop, and it was just a big hiatus from mm-hmm. PC gaming until now. And when I uh, installed Origin for Battlefield, I found all my uh, all my games there. And uh, when I installed GOG, I found a lot of games that I bought from them. So right. the nicest thing about all these uh, digital stores on PC is that just because there is no console that's changing, it means that your games will always be there like 10 years from now. Whereas uh, with... Uh, uh, with a, with a console, uh, you have to make the, the decision of okay, like do do I want to buy it? Like, uh, does this company have a good account system? You know, for example, Nintendo are notorious for for naturally being good with with having uh, an actual good account, unlike sure. Sony and Microsoft. Uh, and um, because I prefer Steam, what I usually do is. Uh, for example, with uh, with Battlefield one, I bought it from Origin. Um, I have it on Origin, but uh, with Steam, you could uh, add the game and then you could tell it activate or, or sorry, add a non-Steam game, and then it will show you all the installed apps on your uh, PC, and it will tell you, okay, choose the games that you want to add in Steam. And once you add them, you could still like assign uh, a custom image for the game so that it looks like uh, you actually bought it from uh, from Steam. And this way, when you add a game to Steam, you could just go to the game, hit play, and it will still play the game, probably through Origin still, but basically it just gives you the convenience of having all your games in one interface instead of app opening all these different apps. So I did right. it with the, the Witcher. I did it with um, uh, all these uh, different uh, games. So you could still just manage your library from uh, one app. And um, one thing I like about PC games right now is that it's really much much cheaper than consoles. It's just ridiculous. There, there is just no no comparison. Even though 
consoles, especially PlayStation 4, they, they, they've gotten really good with uh, doing sales and deals mm-hmm. all the time, but on PC, it's just ridiculous. You could get some of the best games out there, games that are barely a year old for next to nothing, like 10 bucks, 15 bucks, and that's really amazing and a big draw uh, for me. Uh, for example, I played Wolfenstein uh, last month I finished it, Wolfenstein The New Order, and I think I got it for uh, uh, 10 bucks. And then a few days ago, one of the websites, I think it was Green Man Gaming, uh, they had the, the, the DLC, Wolfenstein The Old Blood, uh, for $7. So mm-hmm. I bought it. So uh, I essentially bought two really good games for next to nothing for just 17 bucks and there's a really good website that my friend Marco told me about it's called istthereanydeal.com and basically once you connect your Steam account with them they will scan your um, wish list and they will keep on scanning it automatically so you don't have to go and hit the update button on the website and whenever there's a deal on a game on your wish list they will send you an email and tell you okay this website is having the game for like you know this much and this website is actually having a bunch of sale on on all the games that you want and i do get uh, almost daily emails from them and it's really useful for when you want a game but you're maybe picky about the price or maybe you don't want it right now but you're interested in any deal so there are a lot of ways to help you basically just get the best out of your uh uh or, or just get the best possible deals Right. And there's, there's definitely like, uh, you know, I look at it as like trade-offs. I, obviously I'm someone that does like, I like physical media because it, you know, it actually has a, a higher value because you mm-hmm. know, I, I picked up uh, Gears of War 4 on Xbox One and played through it in a week. And I bought it for $47 through Best Buy because I'm a gamer club mm-hmm. unlocked person. And then I traded it back in for $42. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, that's something that you obviously can't do with PC games, but, uh, like you said, you know, you do kind of make up for that quite a bit because of the, the deep, deep discounts that you're going to be able to, to, to get on these, all these platforms and green man gaming is a great website that I forgot to, to bring up. That's a good, good thing to mention. Um, Mm -hmm. because the way that they do a lot of things is like at launch, they basically just take whatever that, you know, discounted price would be like that 20% off. Like most of their games launch at 20% off. So you can pick up, Titanfall 2 for for 48 bucks or you can pick up uh you know the the upcoming games as pre-orders for about that price and you're going to be uh getting that that same discount so you won't be left out there and you know just the echo you know I log into my Steam account like I said I built a PC for Half-Life 2. I've been a Steam user for a long ass time and I've been, gone through lots of holiday sales and it's kind of cool to be able to still go back and see like yeah, whether it is Half Life or Half Life Two or Half Half Life Two episodes, all that stuff that's on there, and also you know Quake Three and and st- like I bought the Stalker games but never played them because they were like two dollars a piece. Like I just have this yeah. crazy library of games that uh, you know is good to to have uh, have there because you never know when you're going to want to go back and play. I don't know, like Dead Space Two. I'm sure someday I want to want to go back and, and play that, or maybe eventually finish Alan Wake's American Nightmare. Like there are going to mm-hmm. be times where you might just get that itch or to play Quake 1 or Quake 3. Yeah. Like, like that. that's just kind of rad to have that just sitting there at all times and not worrying about backwards compatibility is a cool thing. Well, yeah, stuff, but those, those websites could always explode. Like they could go and you'll never be able to see your game, games ever again. But uh, yep. 
you know, it's a risk that we take with all this stuff. Yeah, and and uh, one thing, I mean, it it took me a lot of years to to uh, reach this uh, stage, and even then, I'm not very good at it, but. You have to actually look at a game and think, okay, do I really want to play this game or do I just want to buy it because it's three bucks and maybe mm-hmm. 10 years from now I want to uh, play it. And I mean, I, I get a lot of emails and, and notifications about sales about games that I actually have in my wish, wish list. And when I do end up finding a deal, I just really have to ask myself, do I want to uh, play this game or do I just like the idea of it? Like, am I really interested in playing it? And, and just asking yourself this question will prevent you from buying a lot of games that you will not play just because you really don't want to play them. You're you, you're just chasing sales, which is what you end up doing if you're uh, maybe new to Steam because the overwhelming amount of deals is so exciting at the beginning that you just start buying a lot of things and then you slowly realize that, okay, I'm not playing all of these, so maybe I should be more selective. Uh, but it's definitely a great thing to have that. And um, one thing that I like about the BC gaming space right now is that there are a lot of a lot more uh, uh, companies that are releasing their games on BC. You, you even have Square Enix re- releasing the Final Fantasy games um, mm-hmm. Uh, on Steam, and even though they didn't really comment on Final Fantasy 15, I think it will eventually end up on PC. So you you not only have those AAA games from the bigger studios that previously only appeared on, uh, or mostly appeared on consoles, but you also have some of the niche stuff like, uh, for example, Mega Man Legacy Collections. It's just really nice to have. Um, like, I mean, I mean, I mean, I could still play the games through an emulator, but I don't like that. Uh, I like what the team have done with the Legacy Collection, so it's nice to have that version on BC, and there are a lot of really smaller games, um, uh, indie games uh, uh, on on Steam, on the BC platform in general, so it it, it combines the best of both worlds, of, of, of all the cool AAA and indie stuff that are releasing on consoles, as well as all the PC exclusive stuff, which is a lot of indie games, a lot of uh, things that are difficult to emulate on consoles like strategy games. So I think um, for someone who likes games, I think getting a PC, a gaming PC is really, it's just a lot of fun if you you just uh, give yourself the chance to try it. Because I used to think that I don't like to play on a monitor. I used to think that I just prefer playing on a TV, and I could still play on a TV. I have my, uh, I have both my monitors and my uh, uh, big TV connected to the PC, uh, but I end up playing on the monitor most of the time just because I think I like it more. And uh, I used to think that I don't like, um, you know, dealing with um, with mods and with all these different video options, but I quickly realized that I'm, I don't even have to do any of it. I'm, mm-hmm. You just have, start the game, go, go to the video options. If your card allows it, then put everything to ultra. If not, then customize to what looks good to you, and that's it. You just play right away. So it's, uh, it has made a substantial shift uh, for my gaming habits, and it actually made me enjoy gaming again, which uh, earlier this year I thought I was kind of done with for this generation but it really invigorated my uh my love for the medium yeah and it's uh 
You know, I think what what we'll do is we'll wrap up and and talk about some some actual games we have been playing uh, in Mm -hmm. in general because this is back when I play Next Generation. There's lots of great current releases right now, and uh, you know, I think the. Now we we did we already talked about hey guys Doom is really good you should go play it I don't care what platform you're playing it on yep. the latest version yep. of Doom is just kick ass um, yep. but I you know I figured you know since this is his next gen I will talk about the most newest absolute brand new game that I've been playing and that is uh, Titanfall two as I mentioned previously and mm. I I'm I'm coming off of just playing I've been, I played a lot of new games lately I've been playing I've been playing lots of video games but um play I just finished. Tomb Raider, Rise of the Tomb Raider on Xbox mm-hmm. One. I just finished Gears of War 4. I played through Uncharted 4. I played through, you know, D- Doom recently. And uh, Titanfall 2 is a incredible, incredibly fun experience. As soon as you, like, get control of the game, the, the amount of just, like, really fun things that you're able to do. And it's... It's... Uh, the best way I can describe it is like you're just constantly saying like, oh, yeah, they're not going to. Do- oh, my God, they're doing that. I can't believe they're doing that, whether it be like the mechanics of the game, whether it be where the story is going, <laughs> where there would be uh, just the the super fun battles and, and, and guns and uh, bosses that are in the game. Like the boss battles are actually uh, pretty cool. But there's always fun stuff that's going on. And the story is is intriguing enough to keep you going. And. It seems like they just made a really tight. Um, I haven't finished it yet, but it seems like they just made like a really tight six-hour first-person shooter story game uh, uh, campaign, and uh, that is that's fine, especially for like forty dollars. I don't know how much I'll get into the multiplayer. I'm definitely going to give that a shot once I finish the uh, the campaign. But it is it is just a very it is a state of perpetual fun and happiness when you're playing that game, and it's weird because. I was real like last year I was really not into even earlier this year this generation I have not been like the guy that's like wants to play a shooter that wants to play mm-hmm. a game when you where you like you're a white dude and you murder a thousand people um mm-hmm. is, is not a game that has really been like oh yeah I can't wait to go play that but um you know for this at least one it's 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 weird that it's oddly refreshing to say like thank god we're not like playing modern warfare f- like 18 like we're in a a different setting we're in space we're in titans we're dropping out of space and i think the the experience of like prepare for titanfall like that is just is an awesome it's an awesome uh term and it is just always awesome when it happens it's always fun when you see like a titan falling from the sky and slamming into the ground and then it grabs you and throws you into its chest and then you start just messing messing things up it's just uh a great game so is it a first person shooter or a third person shooter when when, when you're walking alone without the titan it's always a first person shooter whether you're in the titan or not and i I played maybe like an hour or two of the original titanfall like just because Mm -hmm. it was strictly more or less multiplayer game and i didn't like i don't play lots of online multiplayer games but what Mm -hmm. attracted me to this what i was hearing great things about the campaign and it's like all right well for 40 bucks need something to test this video card out i'm going to pick up titanfall 2 and and see what happens. And I, I was, I found myself like, I'm usually ready to go to sleep like at 10 o'clock, 10 30 at night. I found myself like still playing this at 11 30 last night, which never happens. Uh, even when games, like I really loved, 
I think I think still for a game of the year, it's going to be really tough for me. It's it, it is a complete toss up between Uncharted Four and Doom uh, mm. right now. The both of those being really fun experiences for me that put you in uh, situations for you to do really awesome cinematic stuff, and that's something that I still think I mentioned it a couple times. Like video games still have the opportunity to put you into the shoes of someone else that is doing incredible things that you have control over where you still don't, you're not going to get that from books or from movies. Like that's something that's exclusive to games because you're doing it. Like you're the one that's, you know, jumping on this wall and then, uh, you know, running on it, then jumping to another wall, then just jumping off that and mm-hmm. kneeing a dude in the face and then sliding at like still in that sprint, sliding and shooting a bunch of guys that are t- trying to take you out. It is just uh, t- it's, as soon as we get off this call, I'm going to boot it up and s- continue playing it. I'm really interested in playing it. And I, uh, after I played Doom, like while I was playing Doom, I just thought, like, God, I, I, I miss good FPS games. Uh, it's been a long time since I played something as fun and engaging and crazy as Doom. So after that, I just went looking for uh, other FPS games to play. I... Uh, I played Hard Reset, I played Wolfenstein, and just... Yeah, uh, Wolfenstein's also great. I echo you on that. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. And um, just a few days ago, I installed Battlefield 1. Yesterday, I played only an hour. Um, I, I, I still have to play more to judge it, but it's an interesting... It, it has an interesting uh, campaign where instead of just giving you... Uh, uh, a, a linear mission by mission progress it 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 puts you in the ch- shoes of different soldiers so mm-hmm. at the beginning um i think uh, like like the very beginning a mission is one of the most uh w- well done directed sections of any game i played it's really mm. beautiful and then after that it basically gives you a map and tells you okay so you could play as um those British folks who are trying to uh, go into a specific place in France with their tank. So you play that arc, uh, and that like that arc or that story has something like four or five missions. Or you could play uh, something like like another war that's happening um, in it- Italy. Like you play an Italian character, or or you could uh, play a chapter. That's uh, or maybe an arc or sorry that's kind of like in the Middle East where you're like uh, uh, basically playing with with the swords and 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 horses and all of that. So it has a few different perspectives and each one has a f- couple of missions, like maybe three, four, five missions. Mm-hmm. And it's a really interesting uh, format that I'm interested to just uh, get into and see how it evolves and whether that's enjoyable or or if it's just like most of the triple uh, a shooters but uh, it, it it looks promising and it looks obviously absolutely amazing i i think it, it does look good on on consoles but it doesn't run um on a locked frame rate where whereas on the bc if you have a good gpu it's just a rock solid 60 to 80 frames which is really uh crucial for an fps game yeah i think i think uh in not to you're totally right um but I, I continue to be blown away by how much these consoles are still holding their own. And maybe I shouldn't be surprised, but, but I think it's mostly just 
there's lots of people that are talking garbage about these these current consoles. And I think if you do, like, if you're like, all right, I don't care about this PC stuff. If I just have an Xbox One or a PlayStation 4, not even talk about the PS4 Pro, which we'll see what the hell that is in two weeks. But mm-hmm. um, I think for right now, like, if you do have a developer that has a functioning engine, like, I'm sorry, like, again, Fallout 4 just didn't work on consoles. Mm-hmm. Um, you you have the opportunity to still have incredible, like I said, I played through Gears of War 4 on Xbox yeah. One. It's breathtaking. Yeah. It, it looks yeah. really, it looks like, how, how are games going to look better than this? Same thing with Uncharted 4 is the best looking game still, even compared, maybe not compared with Doom, but it's best like, it's like the best looking console game I've ever played in my life and I don't know how the mm. hell they're going to top it. Yeah, and and it's 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 ridiculous that they're pulling all of that with 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 these machines because I mean by now they are what for all four three year old machines and they're really using uh, economical parts uh, by today's standards and mm-hmm. um, it's I think it's incredible what they're what they're pulling off. Uh, I, uh, but, uh, for games like, for example, Forza Horizon or uh, Gears, uh, the compromise is that they're running on uh, uh, 30 frames. Uh, Correct. Instead, instead of 60, and maybe maybe the graphics are a little lower than the PC, but even then, they do look absolutely amazing on 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 their, the consoles, and uh, you don't really need to have a gaming PC to enjoy them. And well, I, I think I, I totally traded in Forza Horizon 3 as well and I just bought the the digital version on Windows. <laughs> I traded in yeah. my Xbox One version to get it on PC because luckily I have I got so sidetracked with other stuff. I've only played like maybe an hour or two of that and I'm mm-hmm. looking forward to, you know, booting that up on on PC and 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 playing through it on at 60 frames per second. Yeah, I think I love Microsoft's uh, initiative, this Play Anywhere initiative, where yeah. if you buy uh, a, a, like if you buy a digital game from the Windows Store, uh, like for example Gears of War or uh, Forza, you get both the Xbox One version and the uh, uh, the PC version. I wish they also did that for the physical games, just because some people really simply prefer to own uh, the CD, uh, even though like. Especially on Xbox, when when you buy a CD, you're basically just buying a license because when you put that CD, you will probably still need to download more, uh, download the bigger updates and everything. But well, I think uh, what we might see, and, and and obviously, like for for us, especially here in the states, is that you know people would say, all right, well, I'm gonna take the digital code and I'm gonna go sell the game for forty dollars, and I'm gonna get you know end up only paying twenty bucks for this game. But if they if they sold like, all right, we're gonna give you this, uh, even caught like the excuse me, you call it like the Forza Horizon 3 co-op pack where you get a physical version and you get a code for 80 bucks. And yeah. that way they're getting $80 upfront plus you're getting physical version, you're getting the code so you can yeah. do whatever the hell you want with it. You can put it on your shelf and yeah. you'll be you'll be happy or you just, you know, get the digital or do it vice versa. You could get it physical and then eventually down the road when it's cheap, like you buy, the, I've done that multiple times. When it gets really yeah. cheap, I just buy the digital version just to have it. And uh, yep. you could do it vice versa. You know, great thing about physical games is that they also go on sale. They go on clearance, and they got to get rid of those copies to to clear up some yep. more shelf space. And you can get those mm-hmm. on the on sale as well. Yeah, yeah, that's um, right. And uh, uh, I, I I like 
I don't know how well it's it's been for Microsoft with these uh, with these recent games. Uh, they had Quantum Break, Forza Horizon, Gears of Four. I think uh, a few more. Uh, but it's a, it's a great thing to see all these great console games that Microsoft have been working on for for the Xbox platform to be able uh, to, to be able to play them on a PC and with the option to play you know the higher graphics fidelity and uh, 60 frames per second, all of that. Well, let's. Um, I can't believe we're already an hour and a half in. <laughs> so let me. Um, I want to ask you one more thing before we do uh, wrap up, though, because I got to wrap up soon. But the uh, mm-hmm. thing that I wanted to ask you about is actually I'm installing it right now. But that is The Witcher Three because that was a game that you got you got sucked into uh, a little bit, which I, I was a little bit surprised <laughs> by that that you got so sucked into that game. Um, what's what did you like so much about it? I I think I played something like six to seven hours before I had to stop. Ah, oh, yeah, I I had to stop playing because Forza came out, and Forza just <laughs> right. uh, just uh, I played Forza for something like uh, fifty or fifty-five hours. So I had to uh, put Witcher aside. But I simply I, I loved the writing. I I enjoyed exploring the world, and uh, even though I didn't finish a lot of quests, I liked that every side quest that I took felt like um, a substantial thing instead of like just uh, being uh, a fetch quest of some sorts where they want me to go there and pick something and come back. And uh, it does get a little bit overwhelming at first because there are tons of items, tons tons of things to do places to visit and everything but once you once this like the game systems slowly settle in in your uh brain it does get really enjoyable and uh the writing is is uh, amazing and uh for a game that's really uh, for you know a genre that's really dependent on on a lot of conversations and a lot of text it makes a big difference when you have um a game that's as well written as uh, The Witcher, and uh, one thing that I loved about it is that it has a, um, a card game, like it's 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 a it's a mini game Gwent, that right? you can Gwent, yeah, you can you can walk up to uh, some townsfolk and you can just tell them, you know, play Gwent with me. And what I liked about it is that Gwent reminds me of. Uh, of the card game in Final Fantasy VIII, where it's a really simple game. Uh, it 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 doesn't really uh, take a lot of skills to know it and to enjoy it. But obviously, it, it does have. Um, I mean, just like with every simple uh, uh, card game, it does have a lot of uh, subtleties and a lot of. Uh, the strategies that you can implement, but it reminded me of Final Fantasy VIII, where usually the first thing that I do when I enter a new city is I want to fight more people, I want to get new cards, and in in Final Fantasy VIII you could actually trans like uh, convert these cards to items. And uh, playing Gwent was the first time that that I thought, okay, like this this might be my all time favorite mini game in any game, uh, and. That used to be the Final Fantasy VIII game. I, I forget what that uh, Triple Triad, yeah, Triple Triad was the name of the Final Fantasy VIII card game. Mm-hmm. So, Gwent is is taking that spot for me, and I think it's so popular that uh, CD Projekt are actually releasing a standalone Gwent game. And right now, it, I think it's in a closed beta 
state. They're inviting a few players. I don't think they sent me an invite. But um, The Witcher 3 looks absolutely amazing on BC just because it's a like it's a gorgeous game. It looks really beautiful, and uh, the lighting is good. And obviously, it runs at 60 frames per second, which makes a big difference uh, in in in, uh, in this game. And uh, I still have to go back and dive into the world again. But what I played is really was really impressive. Well, I gotta say. Um I'm looking forward to trying it. I don't know if I'm going to find the time to, but again, for 13 bucks, that's a that's a right price to say, hey, I'm going to give it a shot. And right now, I have a screen that says The Witcher Three Wild Hunt was installed successfully, so everything is right in the world, and um, <laughs> yes, we are we yes. are good to go. But uh, yep. very much like for many of the podcasts that I do, my my timer is up, and my dog is looking at me ready for his his uh, noon walk. So I get to get ready mm-hmm. to to take him out and get ready to go on with my. Saturday, and I want to let you go so you can get on enjoying your weekend as well. But I just wanted to, you know, quickly wrap up with, with two more things. Uh, one is I really want there to be more listener and audience participation with this stuff, uh, whether it be back in my play or next gen. So if you have any questions, anything you want to email, any feedback that you want to give. Hey, maybe you have some feedback on this episode, like for your PC build or what your experience has been with PC gaming, why you went to a PC or why you stick with consoles. I would love to hear from you. And what I want you to do is send them to Kevin at backinmyplay.com with the subject line mailbag. Just put Kevin at backinmyplay.com subject line mailbag. And maybe even put episode one in that, put it in uh, parentheses or something like that. And that way I can know it's for episode one. And that way we can continue to have some audience participation in the show because I want to hear from you guys. I get to talk to a lot of people on Twitter uh, that listen to Back in My Play or listen to you know, whatever show that I'm on. So it would be great to to hear and interact with you a little bit more going down the road or just maybe, hey, what are you playing on the PC right now? What are you playing at? Uh, on your Xbox or PlayStation 4 or Wii U or 3DS or Vita or phone or whatever. That'd be cool to be able to have those discussions uh, a little bit more. And uh, again, Back in My Play is going to be still on a regular schedule. It kind of just took this week off to make sure that I can get all my work stuff done and build this PC. And sometimes it's good to take a week off. But I think uh, what we'll be coming back to is some Sega CD stuff. I have picked up a Sega CD thanks to Gabe, a listener of the audience. I bought one of his extra Sega CDs off him, and I have nice. a library of video games. I wouldn't say it's nice, but it was nice of him. Uh, it's, but, it's, it's just an interesting thing to 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 play and test. I mean, I, I don't really have a, an experience with the system. I'm really interested to see what you're going to be talking it's, about. It's super weird. I mean, the sneak preview <laughs> is like I played the first half an hour of Snatcher and holy crap, like Snatcher was ahead of its time uh, mm-hmm. as a billion people have already said but I mean, that's the first time I played it. I got to play some Night Trap. I played some Sonic CD, some Final Fight CD and uh, that 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 is probably where the, the next couple of shows are going to be going because finally we're going to do some Sega CD coverage and along with that uh, I think that is probably where we're going to be getting towards uh, December and then talking about some some other stuff as we get towards the end of the year. It always goes based on what I'm personally really into right now and that I have the time investment to put into. So right now it's Sega CD. So that's what we'll be getting next. So if you do have any Sega CD related emails, send those into the same email address. Just put in Sega CD back in my play episode or something like that so we can talk about those on those related shows so 
Last thing, uh, Mohammed, again, you guys uh, are doing some incredible stuff over at Brave Wave with Shovel Knight coming out right now on multiple mediums. Um, any, anything else that you want to keep the audience up to date on? Um, I think it's worth noting that sh- the Shovel Knight vinyl, uh, we worked with the uh, legendary Mega Man and Pokemon artist, uh, illustrator uh, Hitoshi Ariga. Oh, wow. And he, create- he created one of the best looking artworks I've ever seen. Like the, 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 yeah, the Shovel Knight. Rad. Yeah, the Shovel Knight artwork. Just, it, it really looks like something that, that it reminds me of Mega Man a lot. And he really captured the sense of the game so well and um we we do have um interviews interviews in the vinyl and cd booklet with with ariga with manami matsumai the Mega Man composer and of course jake kaufman the the main composer of the game and one of the things that uh, uh ariga told me is that to be able to properly draw the 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 the, the, the artwork uh, he actually with two artworks, he had to play the game in full, he had to finish it, he had to see how every character behaves and moves, and, and he wants to he, he wanted to capture the characteristics of each one of them, which is why when you look at the cover, it does look like someone who knows what they're doing, instead of, you know, just, just being uh, a commission. Um, and aside from Shovel Knight, uh, we finally restocked the Street Fighter 2 vinyl, um, uh, we're we're uh, making a new pressing. So, if you go to store.bravewave.net and you pick on the Street Fighter uh, soundtrack, if you scroll a little, look at the vinyl option. There is a link there to where you can get the the to to pre-order the new pressing. And uh, we're working with a new partner, which means we no longer have to worry about suddenly getting. Uh, like getting our vinyl out of stock in minutes, mm. which is what happened with Street Fighter before, because a lot of people bought it. So hopefully, with Shovel Knight and with the upcoming um, releases, uh, people don't have to put an alarm just to go up and order it the minute <laughs> it comes out. Um, and uh, aside from these generation um, series albums, we're going to be releasing um, the solo album of. Takahiro Izutani. He's the uh, co-composer of uh, the Bayonetta series and uh, a few of the newer Metal Gear uh, games, uh, Peace Walker and Metal Gear Solid 4. Um, it, it's, it's, it's his first solo album. It's something like 10 years in the making. It's really a beautiful album. It's coming out uh, uh, next month, hopefully. Uh, so, if you like game soundtracks or if you like game-inspired uh, albums, hopefully you will you will find something uh, to like at store.bravewave.net. Fantastic. Uh, and also you guys can make sure that if you are on Twitter, you know, on the, the, the platform that is still alive as we, we discuss right now, but uh, you can find Mohammed at RoboKick on, on Twitter. I am at Kevin Larrabee at Brave Wave uh, Music. Yes, Brave Web. Okay, just make sure I have that. And, uh, <laughs> and of course, uh, if you want to stay up to date with all of us, I think I said I'm ke- at Kevin Larrabee on there. You can stay up to date with all the cool stuff that we are up to. And again, I would love to have your feedback for Back in My Play Next Gen, what you want to hear on this. It will be consisting of a lot of the people that you've heard on Back in My Play, but just talking about current releases and things that are going on, maybe some news-related stuff, mostly just game discussions and 
you know, topics that would make sense for that platform. So uh, thank you so much for your continued support of Back in My Play, everything that I've been doing, and I uh, hope you enjoy this this uh, new show and that you'll continue to tune in and listen and that you give feedback on Twitter, via email, all that stuff. And uh, until next time, let's uh, let's fire up some more Titanfall 2. Let's, let's have that Titanfall drop and let's go save the world one more time.